Hi everyone, um, this is Gabriel, um, co-founder and CEO of Salesville, you know, and I have here today, you know, Tim Johnston, who is a director um, of demand generation at On24. So welcome to today's, um, you know, Salesville Masterclass. I'm super excited to have you guys here, here with me, right? So Tim is a good friend of mine and he is a, you know, webinar where, you know, we, we all often have like very interesting conversations about webinars, the data behind webinars, you know, driving pipeline from webinars. And yeah, and you know, throughout these interactions with Tim over the years, you know, I always learn something new when, when I talk to him. So, you know, I thought that it would be interesting to have him on our masterclass to share with you on how you can recalibrate webinar marketing for, you know, what's essentially a totally different world, right? From where we were um, three, four months ago, right? So yeah, so today's session would be around, you know, everyone's doing webinars right now. How do you stand out, right? How do you drive more pipeline and sales for your sales team with webinars? And this is the part that I'm really excited about. On24 and Tim, they have a ton of data, right? So what, you know, from a qualitative and quantitative perspective, what makes the best um, webinars stand out? So, you know, before we jump into this, um, just some housekeeping, um, you know, we have a quiz that's going on on, you know, what are you doing right now to help your webinar stand out? So, you know, um, throughout this webinar, um, feel free to um, um, enter in, you know, um, what, what, what are you guys doing now on the webinar front? And, you know, we will actually select the 10 best uh, answers and send them a webinar t-shirt, which I don't have right now. Don't. <laughs> so, um, so that's on a quiz. And... You know, I, I guess, you know, and also before we start, right, just to have us get a pulse on you know, where you guys are at, you know, um, in, in your webinar journey and how COVID-19 has affected things, you know, um, I would love for you guys to take this poll and share with us how has COVID-19 changed your approach to webinars. Lots of uh, lots of good uh, responses in there. I'm, I'm putting my money on one of them, which I'll tell you in a minute. But uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think this is a very crazy world that we're in right right now, and uh, yeah. you know, with the the physical event play uh, disappearing uh, right in front of us, we are we are left with very few options to engage our mm -hmm. our audiences. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see what the results are here. But go ahead, put your uh, responses in there. Are you producing a lot more? Uh, are you mm -hmm. uh, you know? forced to get started with some sort of digital engagement strategy now, um, maybe, maybe hasn't really impacted you at all. Uh, and maybe you're just mm. running the exact same webinar program that you were running pre pre 2020. Um, or, or maybe you're, you know, you're thinking about it. Maybe you're holding on thinking that maybe we'll return <laughs> soon to a normal world. Uh, or maybe you're, you're intimidated. Maybe you're thinking, I'm just, I'm not even going to play in this space because there's every second email in my inbox right now is an invitation to a webinar. So uh, get your responses in and let's see what the audience thinks. Cool. All right. Well, let's let's have a look. Here we go. Yep. Right on the money here. Producing a lot more mm -hmm. webinars was was the number one response. So I mean, it's it's obvious, right? We all have we all have uh, you know a, a pipeline goal, uh, a way to keep moving the business forward, and we have to get creative and find those ways to engage with our audiences. So. Uh, not surprising that 64% of our audience is actually uh, producing a lot more webinars in that fact. Uh, some of us have been uh, forced to get uncomfortable. Many of us are from, you know, operating in a very traditional marketing approach, maybe uh, lent very heavily on the uh, event world. Uh, and that, mm -hmm. that uh, equates for 23% of the crowd. Um, it's interesting to see that there's some that uh, it hasn't been impacted at all, uh, you know, 6%. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, it, it, it looks like everyone's got skin in the game here. Everyone's playing, at least with our live audience today, everyone's playing in the webinar space in some shape or form. Very interesting. Nice. And I, I, I just won a bet from a friend because, you know, I had a friend who told me that people are going to stop doing webinars because, like, everyone is doing them right now. So, you know, I'm not going to get started. And we had 0%, you know, of our attendees who actually selected that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I think you've got to you've got to have skin in the game. You've got to find a way to to engage your audiences. And uh, you know, if we're if we're going to do this right, we've got to find a way to stand out. So you know, I view this uh, this session today as uh, hopefully uh, inspirational for you, and hopefully you get a couple of uh, you know tips. I've been doing this for the last four years now, and uh, you know, hopefully you can you can add some inspiration and find ways to stand out for your event as well. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's jump right in. So based on the poll, right, 23% of our attendees are new to the channel, right? They are, they are starting off doing webinars. So I guess a good place to start is just maybe we can start a little from the basics, right? Get the training wheels on and then we dive right into all the advanced and interesting stuff that's backed by data, right? So I guess my first question for you, Tim, right, for the benefit of those who are just new to webinars, what are some of the basics and the fundamentals that marketers need to get right when putting on a webinar. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm still surprised that it's 2020 and, and, and many marketers that are coming to us to, today are, you know, still dabbling in it for the first time, right? And, and it is this COVID push that has forced us in this direction, but it, I think it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, typically what I'd, I'd say is that, you know, a successful webinar program is is kind of like a tripod. There's kind of three legs to the, to the experience. And uh, the first two uh, are really in your control. And it comes back down to, Content marketing 101 stuff, right? So you've got to find a topic that's going to deliver value, right? It's going to be, uh, you know, a, a solution to people's problems. And you've got to architect something that's topical, that's uh, trending, uh, that's really going to attract and, and bring an, an audience in. Um, and, and I think the key when you're thinking about your content is really around you, you want to provide a unique perspective. You want to say something different. Uh, so, so think about that. But that's in your your hands, your control. What, what you you know, what you talk about, your thought leadership. Um, but but that's only a portion of the battle. Okay, you might have this great content, but you've also got to find somebody that's going to deliver with enthusiasm, energy, passion, right? And and uh, entertaining webinar is also all about the delivery as well. So you've got to merge those two together, and you've got to get those elements right. But I'd say that the you know, the number one thing that most marketers would be forgetting about, and particularly that are new to the space, they think that the job is done when you find a topic, you craft a story and a narrative, but uh, and then you find a speaker to present it. But what they miss out on is the experience. Here at mm. On24, we think about webinars being, uh, you know, we, we don't even like to call them webinars because I think there's negative connotations with webinars. It's like, ah, oh, here we go again. We're going to yeah. be slapped over the head PowerPoint slide, uh, you know, and and somebody just rambling on for an hour. Uh, you know, the, the most engaging type of webinars today uh, are experiences, and you should think mm -hmm. about them as experiences, right, um, and design an experience. It's not just about the content and the speaker. It's about how do you bring your audience into the conversation. So uh, much like what, what you just did there, Gabe, uh, bringing them into <laughs> the conversation, having having them feel included, and it's a, it's a two-way dialogue. That would be the advice I'd, I'd start with. Don't forget about the experience element and, and uh, design accordingly. 
Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with more, uh, Kim. Like the worst webinars I've been to is like a 45-minute session where the speaker is just running through PowerPoint slide after PowerPoint slide, and then the webinar just ends abruptly. <laughs> so I guess yeah. something that we can double-click into, which is interesting, would be, you know, how then do you generate or, or come up with like ideas, right, for content um, to 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 do that, that that you feel entices your audience, right? So maybe I can kind of share a bit from my perspective, right? So for SalesWheel, we are really new to the webinar game as well, right? Prior to April, we have not done a single webinar, right? And the very first webinar that we did, we actually drove like more than a thousand registrations and more than 200 live attendees, right? So I guess the secret to that and something that I learned along the way was that when the lockdowns began, you know, we already I caught up a hundred of our customers as in i'm not i'm not shitting you i'm not sure if i'm allowed to swear here but um, i caught them up and I, see, and I i had like a 15 minutes talk with all of them like hey you know what's going on now what, what, what are you going through what's top of mind for you you know um what are you looking to learn right now you know um what where are you pivoting your business right and we catalog every single one of these responses into a spreadsheet and from there it's very obvious what trends and clusters start to pop up and that's where, you know, I, I kind of like, we are able to craft really compelling content and topics around this that we know would resonate with our audience. So yeah, I, I'm not I, sure I, what, what you think about. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I think it's a, it's a customer first approach and, and, and making sure you're developing content that's specific to their needs. Um, you know, one, one common uh, sort of tactic that we see all the time is that, uh, people are using uh, webinars and, and polls to get uh, you know a finger on the pulse as to what people want to hear about. And if you think about webinars as yes, it's a it's a delivery of content in itself, but it's also an amazing collecting point. It's an experience where you can start to learn about your audience's wants and needs. So an example of that is where you know people are starting to poll um, during the webinar around certain topics that they want to hear about next. Mm -hmm. It could be you know, just 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 like. Um, you know what, what? What we're intending to do today? We'll we'll poll some. Uh, we'll throw out some questions. We'll hear what you know your challenges are, and then we we can go off and create content off the back of that. The most uh, popular oh, responses can, can warrant its own stream of content. So, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of of seeing where brands are starting to use these experiences to collect and learn more about their audiences and and create more relevant and personalized content for their needs. That's a that's a mm -hmm. winning strategy for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So let's dive right into the second question, which is probably something that's closer to my heart, right? So you as director of demand generation for On24, you guys are on our webinar platform. You must see a lot of webinars in your role, right? So using data, can you share more about what sets the best webinars apart? I mean, anecdotally, you know, if you can share examples, right, about something that stood up to you, um, that, that would be really, really interesting, I guess, for the audience and for myself as well. Yeah, look, I think when we, when we run webinars on, on the On24 platform, we do naturally have an advantage as to understanding uh, the success of a webinar. Um, you know, typically, you know, most would look at maybe an attendance rate or how many attendees or how many registrations as a success metric. Uh, we, we look a little bit deeper at uh, engagement scores and engagement levels throughout a webinar. So we can, we can get really deep in terms of 
you know, all the interactions that somebody has on a particular webinar um, and how that sort of influences an average engagement score. And the, the platform is pretty neat. And I won't talk about the platform, I promise. Um, but the, the, the platform aggregates a lot of information and gives you a, an engagement score a simple score between one and 10. And it, it gives you every attendee that score, but also the webinar as a, as a whole. So what, what we start to look at when we see, uh, you know, what, what does a good webinar look like? Uh, and, and what are those marketers doing to, to drive higher levels of engagement? There's a couple of key ingredients that I always uh, talk about and recommend when people are, you know, approaching webinar design. And it goes back to that sort of first, uh, you know, question that you asked around, you know, what do you have to get right? It's that experience side of things. How do you design for interactivity? So you're getting people to do things. You're getting people to engage with you, right? So when I think about, and, and I know you've asked for a, a, an example here, I don't want to offend many of the, the customers that I'm close with because and, and isolate one particular one, but the common trait across all of them is they get five key things right. Um, mm. the, the first is that they are, they are branded experiences, okay? Number one, they are, they are reflective of the brand. Uh, so, you know, much like today, what you've done in, in this webinar, Gabe, it's, you know, it's reflective of your brand. It, it's a very immersive, different sort of experience. This is one way that you can stand out from a crowd. It's not like this uh, Zoom call. It's different. It's something people can interact with multiple elements as part of this experience. We've made uh, bonus content available. We've, uh, you know, we've got a nice video. We've got some nice branding. We've got a little competition for you. It's going to be an interactive session today. Um, we, we, which brings me to the second point, which is that webinars have to be interactive. It can't be, it can't be something that is just a, a passive experience where your audience sits back and just watches a presentation. You're going to send people to Snoozeville if you do that, um, and you're going to put a lot of emphasis on getting, uh, you know, your your presenter to engage people, but also your content to do the heavy lifting. So find ways to sort of embed those moments of interactivity throughout your webinar is, is what a lot of successful webinar um, producers do. Um, I also like to think of them as, you know, we are now in 2020 and we shouldn't be ever considering a audio only webinar. I still see, uh, you know, probably a good 40% of webinars just leading with an audio feed. And in some instances, depending on the market that you're in and the bandwidth availability, some, you know, some markets are horrible in terms of internet speeds. But where you can, you need to lead with multimedia rich experiences. So, you know, much like today, you can see my face, you can see Gabe's face, and uh, you want it to be uh, a video-led experience, which is which is really key in in this day and age. Um, but but the other the other two points I'd, I'd I'd really sort of touch on here is that you want them to be. Uh, I always look at these as uh, as a marketer. You think, okay, I've got I've got a webinar, and that's one touch with my audience. But the beauty of a webinar is that the average the average viewing time of, of a webinar is north than fifty minutes. You can you can download a um, our on twenty four benchmark that contains all this data. It's a really rich report which we've made available in the bonus content section. I'm just going to uh, highlight that for you now. Uh, I read go. it. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great one to keep in your back pocket as to how to benchmark your performance and what to do. But the benchmark tells us that it, there's over 50 minutes worth of uh, engagement minutes in, in an average webinar. So many people are trying to, uh, you know, condense their webinars today, which I do agree with. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in having a 30-minute webinar and condensing and try to um, prioritize your best content to deliver value in a shorter amount of time, particularly when the mm -hmm. world's gone mental for webinars and, and uh, there's a lot of digital noise at the moment. 
but if you keep that that idea of you've got 50 minutes to engage with someone, yes, that is one touch if it is a passive experience and we're just talking to you. But if you want to think about this as a content binging uh, experience, right? So you make multiple pieces of content available. You get them to do multiple things with you. You make uh, you make it a you unlock that multitasking aspect to your events, and it becomes a multiple touch content experience. So when you put that in the lens of you know driving towards a buyer's journey, and you know that process from lead to revenue, and you know there's there's a number of analysts out there talking about. Uh, how many touches it takes to get from lead to revenue being, you know, north of 15 in some industries. Think about what a webinar can do for you if you have multiple touches of content throughout uh, at different Mm -hmm. stages of the buying journey as well, case studies and thought leadership articles, guides, blog articles. People can start to binge on your content throughout that hour-long experience. Uh, And we're very Mm -hmm. used to multitasking. I don't know about you, Gabe, but I I sit on the couch at night, every night, uh, you know, watching television. I'm I'm doing emails and I'm on my phone. We're good at multitasking. So don't worry about uh, distracting the audience. People love it. You want them to be multitasking. (laughs) Yeah, all of us really good at multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, the last point I touch on there, just in terms of like what what a successful execution looks like, is they should be they should be human experiences. I think us as marketers, we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to live up to a standard. And you know, a, a lot of uh, marketers that come to me talk to me about, well, you know, I don't have a studio, and you know, what sort of camera gear do I need for a webinar? You know, it's 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 not so much about the the quality of production; it's about just being real with your audience. There's a lot of talk around authenticity and, and just being real. And I think, you know, if we look at COVID and what has happened, it's 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 awful. But one of the positives that have come out of this is that marketers have had to lower their standards, you know, present from home, and you can see some incredible. Uh, real moments with with people just being people when you have you know dogs jumping up on people's laps licking your face and uh, babies in the background and you know you get to you get another uh, another dimension of your your uh, your speakers and the brand and you start to connect with what's in the background and the comic books on the shelf or uh, you know maybe there's a poster on the wall and you start to connect more and and one thing that we've seen is that Brands are, you know, connecting better uh, than ever with their audiences because it's more real and it's it's that human aspect to it. We don't need to have those high gloss studios and uh, productions. Uh, people people like this sort of format. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so I, I guess you know before we jump into the next segment of questions, right? Like just to help us understand a bit better on just so that we can tailor our questions, right? To, to what's useful for the audience, right? Um, shall we jump into the next poll? Let's do it. I love polls. Yeah. I love polls. Let's I, I always say on, on that, I always say like get a couple polls in every webinar. It's the most underutilized function yeah. that most yeah. webinar platforms have. Get the polls in. Yeah. They're, they're really interesting. So just, just for the benefit of the audience, I, I literally have a list of questions prepared for Tim, but obviously we're not going to have the time to run through all of these questions. So depending on your answer, right, it's going to guide the rest of, you know, the, the session, right, on, on the kind of questions that I asked Tim. So, you know, would appreciate, you know, your, your, um, your, your submissions for, for, for the poll. Let us know what, what you want us to, to, to dive deep into. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of challenges, and, and many of us are doing this for the first time. Um, but uh, you know, I've got my, uh, 
I've got a couple of bets on this one as well, Gabe, and I, I think mm -hmm. I know where this is going to land, but I could be surprised. So putting your responses, is it, are you struggling with audience engagement? Is it technical challenges? Is it I just don't know how to build an audience and, and nobody attends my webinars? Is it maybe finding content and speakers? We touched on that a little bit before. Um, mm -hmm. Converting mm -hmm. webinar leads, maybe that's your problem. Um, or, or maybe you mm -hmm. simply just don't have the budget, the expertise, or the resources to really support a successful program. So uh, it looks like it looks like we're getting a few responses in now. So let's have a look. Or if you've got another challenge, yeah. why don't you just pop in the in the Q and A section there, and uh, we yeah. can we can yeah. have a look at that as well. Yeah, we we'll take right. a, a few questions. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's uh let's toggle over. Here we go. Oh, okay. This is surprising. This this is surprising. Interesting. Tim, do you want to take us through the, the yeah? So so here we go. So um, majority of the majority of the the crowd that we have with us today is is challenged with driving registrations and attendance. Yeah. Okay, and I think you know this is very relative to the situation that we're in. Uh, consumers, your audiences have uh, a lot of choice today, right? They've got the endless amount of webinars that they can. Can attend right through the business day, so this doesn't surprise me. And you know, even pre-COVID, uh, uh, marketers were challenged with this aspect. And you know, I, I can't tell you how many times people say, "Well, you know, only only thirty percent of people rock up to my webinar. Uh, what are the other seventy percent doing? Like, how do I get them there?" Um, and yeah. it, it's common to see that sort of attendance, yeah. right? Um, I love to see. So I think we I think we structure some of these. Um, questions around you know getting your audience engaged let's touch on mm -hmm. this idea of uh, driving registrations and then let's mm -hmm. let's also talk about how you can um get more out of your your webinar leads right um how can you convert mm -hmm. more of them and generate conversations off the back of your webinar uh, activity so let's mm -hmm. uh let's dive in from yeah. there that was really interesting Perfect. Sounds good. So I'm going to, I think I'm just probably going to ask you two questions around this and then let's jump into the audience Q&A. I see re some really good questions there. So, okay. So first, I, I'm going to ask my question, you know, with regards to the poll, right? So given that driving registration and attendance is the number one, right? Like 56.5% of our audience, you know, actually put that. So for those of our audience who are challenged in driving more registrations and attendance, what advice do you have for them? How do you build an audience today, you know, in the hundreds and not in the thousands, especially if you're just starting out, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, would, I would just caution everybody in terms of, um, you know, setting your goals around registration. I think it's, it, is, it is nice that, you know, you know, when a brand can appeal and, and find a topic that is relevant. And it is a signal of success, right? Don't get me wrong. But I think it goes beyond just a you know, uh, a vanity metric of how many people have signed up, right? I think there's there's not a lot of substance behind that. And I I just caution everyone not to get too caught up in the actual registration volume. Yes, you want a healthy attendance um, to your to your content, but it's really about the quality of audience that you're getting there. I, I don't really look too closely about, you know, or, or uh, focus too heavily on, you know, how many registrations we get. I focus on who we've got there and, and is it aligned to the sort of audience I want to be talking to for that particular topic. So let me just frame the conversation that way first, okay? And, and I'll also say that, you know, if you downloaded a copy of our benchmark report, you'd also see that, you know, when we looked across, you know, um, 20,000, I think specifically for Asia Pack, I know this is a global webinar, but when we looked across uh, the 20,000 webinars that are run every year on our platform, we saw that, um, you know, there's the average audience size sits 
roughly between 100 and 200 attendees. Okay, so um, that's that's where the sweet spot is. And of course, there's some companies that are driving much higher numbers than that. Um, but but I do want to I don't want to just give you the political answer here. I want to give you some substance as to you know what are some of the tactics and techniques that we use. These are we're going to get a little bit meta here. But um, you know, some of the things that are different that stand out for us and that have worked really, really well and changed the game for our registration and our promotion drivers. So the first one that I'd say is um, this idea of inexperience registration promotion. So, um, you know, just like if, if you look, looked at today's experience as an example, uh, many, many companies are using this uh, space that you have with your audience, this, you know, this fixed screen that people are staring at for up to an hour uh, to promote. They're using it as real estate to promote your next webinar. And we see a huge uptake of migrating uh, one audience into the next experience or the next webinar uh, just by simply promoting it, right? So whether it's in the housekeeping or you're using a visual sort of ad, this is a very powerful way. People are engaged and they're listening to you and they want to they want to take that next step. You know that saying, draw a horse to water? It's a fantastic way just to promote your next session, right? Um, so, you know, for, for us in this case, if, if you're enjoying today's topic and this sort of content and you're looking for a way to stand out, well, guess what? We also have an event coming up in, in the, on the 25th of August, and you can attend that. That's the, the APAC on 24 virtualized event uh, that's coming up. And we've got our customers talking about some, some great executions of webinar marketing and digital event executions that you might be inspired by. So I'd like to invite the whole audience today to attend that. That's just one example of how you can drive audience and migrate. I mean, if you think about cost per leads and trying to acquire new audiences, it's expensive to do, um, so why not move people along that that, that that journey with you and invite them whilst they're in a live experience? Uh, it's it's very effective. So if you're not using that tactic today, I highly recommend it. The other mm-hmm. the other uh, I've got two more tips. Okay, um, two more golden nuggets. So hopefully you've got your notepads out and you're taking some notes because uh, I want to make this as actionable as possible. The other the other area of success that we've had and we encourage all of our customers to think about as well is again in that sort of pre, uh, pre-event experience, so that registration page. Now, there's, there's, you know, there's far smarter people out there that can tell you how to optimize your, your web pages for conversions. The same principles apply for, um, for uh, webinar registration pages. You need a very catchy headline, something that's going to make a promise that you're going to uh, you know, solve all their problems and, uh, and uh, you know, be, be a good use of their time. But the biggest change that we've made is, is the elimination of friction points in our, in our uh, pre-event registration process. So what I mean by that, uh, one of the things that we've uh, experimented with, and and I know, Gabe, you probably have an opinion on this as well, but people don't like forms, okay? People hate forms, and it's it's a conversion killer, uh, and we all know this. So, you know, one of the things that we made uh, a change maybe a year or two ago is that we, um, for the known audiences, we're we're engaging our database, we, we know them. Why on earth do we want them to fill out a form? We know them. We don't need to do that. So, you know, there's some there's some technology out there. Um, you know, we use Marketo as an instance, but um, it allows us to do a one-click registration. Okay, that's that's very powerful, and it's a it's a huge it drives a huge uplift in conversion for the unidentified audiences. Okay, we're going to ask for some information because we need that. Okay, but we're not going to ask you for a lot. We're going to ask you for a little bit of information and progressively over time, as you enjoy our content and you come back over and over again, we'll progressively profile and ask 
maybe a new question. Maybe there's a strategic data focus that we need and we, we have to get your mobile number or we get something else or your address so that we can send you a, a hamper or a goodie pack. But don't ask for unnecessary information is the message here. And if you can, if you have the smarts, you have the technology to, to help drive, um, you know, that that point to that frictionless registration process, whether it's through a chatbot. I know Drift are doing pretty cool things. Um, you've got Marketo. You can do one-click form uh, fills, um, or even you know some of the tools that that Gabe is uh, starting to uh, beta and prototype around drive registrations through conversational um, uh, email. There's there's so many techniques, but think about that friction point because it's a huge way to um, you know really accelerate registration volumes for sure. The, the the last the last uh, the last point that I will uh, make on this idea of driving registration and there's so many I've actually got a, a webinar um, that's dedicated to this topic um, actually I think it's I think it's scheduled for next month even um, Alexa you might want to point out uh, drop a link in here for the audience so they can register for this but um, it's this idea of if email is the number one driver of of promotions of of registrations for your webinar we have to get this right. And, and everyone's doing it, so it's not, you know, my, my advice is oh, run, web, uh, run uh, emails to your database. It is about being human and applying a personal uh, invitation approach to your webinar. So uh, every webinar that we run, as an example, we would, we would always have a personal note from our speaker or from the brand or from, from someone in our team that is inviting the audience to attend that webinar. And it uses a lot of language like, you know, you will learn from me, um, I will share this. And it's, it's not a glossy HTML email. Guess what? It's just a plain text email. It feels like it's our speaker that is sending an email just to you in a personalized way to uh, invite you to his show. So we do that, and that is by far the most impactful uh, and effective registration type of email that we use. Um, and uh, I would encourage you all to, to play around with that uh, technique as well. So it's not mm -hmm. from on 24. It could be from Tim Johnston at on 24. And I'd write a little note as to why I think that you should attend this webinar. That's that's a very powerful way of, of encouraging audience to attend. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I, I couldn't agree more, Tim. So, you know, on our side, that resonates a lot with me because when we were first getting started, right, like I would send cold emails, right, to everyone in my network to personally invite them for the webinar, right? And, and you know, for, for some people, I call them influencers, like our investors, people with like huge networks, you know, I would actually ask them for a favor. Hey, do you mind if you share this, right, on your social? Do you mind if you share this with your portfolio companies? And that second order referral actually drove a lot of um, registrations for, for us, right? And to your point about no forms, I couldn't agree more, right? Like the last thing you want to do is to be a jerk. Right, like you email the person, and, hey, do you want to sign up for my? I uh, cannot invite you to my webinar. And when they reply, you send them a link, like here, you know, here's a form. Go serve yourself, right? Like, it's just not cool, right? So, yeah, yeah. so I, I I couldn't agree more with you. Um, so I guess maybe just one more point, maybe the fourth nugget for for the audience on my side, um, at least what has worked for us is um, this new feature by LinkedIn called LinkedIn Event Pages. So the beauty of LinkedIn event pages is that when you create this event page for your webinar, you can actually invite your first degree connections, right, um, to, to your event. And it will actually appear as a connection request, you know, um, to your first degree connections. And what you can then do is to operationalize this and get people in your company 
or rather you can force the people in your company <laughs> to invite, you know, their first degree connections as well. And you can see how this quickly, you know, um, have your, it, it becomes viral um, re really quickly and you get a lot of leverage from this. And we have seen a lot of successes with um, leveraging the LinkedIn event page as well. Nice. I, I love that. And I think there's there's so many new channels just uh, popping up that just help us uh, remove that that friction and just different approaches. And I experiment, uh, like I encourage everyone to experiment with these new channels uh, to, mm -hmm. to see what works for your brand. What works for us may not work for you, but uh, experiment, learn. And if you have an always on uh, ongoing program, uh, particularly as it relates to webinars, you, you can learn a lot every every time that you just experiment with a different tactic, a different channel. Uh, we, we do a lot of testing ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's dive right into the next question before we go into Q&A. So, you know, um, you, we have 21% of the audience you know, saying that converting webinar leads is a huge you know, challenge for them. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, we are all hurting today, right? Because COVID has left us with a huge hole as marketers in our, you know, demand generation efforts, especially from conferences, face-to-face -face events, right? So, you know, how, how do we drive pipeline from webinars, right? As head of demand generation for On24, right? How do you effectively manage your lead follow-ups? How do you convert, you know, people who registered um, for your webinars or attended your webinars in, into, into sales pipeline? Yeah, it's 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 a big question. It's a big question, um, and let me do my best to uh, give you some uh, structured guidance here. But I'd start by saying that webinars webinars traditionally and 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 most marketers still think that webinars are you know a top of funnel. Uh, execution marketing strategy that that you know is designed to bring in net new leads, uh, new names into your database, get a very broad topic that you know attracts a wide audience. And, and webinars can be great and very powerful at doing that. But I think the the, the best advice that I can share here is that we need to start thinking. Um, you know, from a demand gen perspective, uh, more holistically about the buyer's journey and accommodating uh, and building a webinar strategy that, uh, yes, brings in new names into your into your 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 flow into your database to to nurture and work towards that point of, of purchase. But it's about designing the the programs at different stages of the funnel. You're, you're you're basically building experiences everywhere to accommodate for the different stages, and it's not just from you know thought leadership into you know maybe you've got a best practice series that helps you know your your audience consider your your category or your your products, but it's also you know you want to start working down down the funnel as well. So uh, we do a lot of um, you know customer customer sort of spotlights and that's you know works very well as a, as a validation for for our audiences um and that's that's you know probably a mid-funnel sort of execution we also you know have a very effective strategy that's focused at the bottom end of the funnel um that is a, a product demonstration it's like an autopilot of a um of a demo of our solution and, and that is like one of the most effective channels for us right now. It's a webinar program, but the point is that you know we start at the top and we start to invite people through to the different um, stages, the different programs that we have, um, all the way through to that demo piece and, and beyond. We don't just stop at that point of um, you know that that consideration point where okay, is this the right you know platform for us? Uh, let me get into the details of how it works. We also you know even post purchase, um, we design programs that are designed to upsell and cross-sell, um, but also, you know, help customers get the best out of their, their uh, investment with us. So 
uh, my, my advice is, you know, at, at the sort of you know, high level is design a, a program uh, with multiple aspects that work their way through the actual funnel itself, okay? Um, and and you'll, you'll naturally see that this sort of nurturing behavior and this movement, it's a, it's a pipeline accelerator. Uh, at us, on 24, I mean, we, we eat our own dog food and we live and breathe this and we put webinars at the center of our marketing and digital strategy. Um, but we've seen many customers even outside of, you know, the, the, the tech industry, the software space, uh, taking the same approach with, with a lot of success. So um, think holistically, but maybe maybe more at a, a at a tactical or a um, uh, meta level, we, we can actually look at this and say, well, you know, if, if you design experiences in a way and you approach it, and I'm going to loop it back to our conversation at the beginning, Gabe, is um, design for the experience, right? But more than that, design strategically around what you can do. You've got a canvas in front of you and the type of information, the poll questions that you ask, the surveys that you make available, the type of discussions that you have, um, or you know, just maybe some of the resources that you make available in, in the bonus content. Um, all of these are amazing signals for the marketer or the brand, right? So think about when you're designing these experiences that you're maybe providing a little bit of everything across the buyer's journey. Maybe you've got a, a nice blog article that's very, you know, uh, thought leadership focused. It's top of the funnel. Maybe you've got, maybe you're going to invite people to a demo um, because we know that that buying journey is not linear, right? And just because you host the webinar and you think that it's a middle of the funnel webinar doesn't mean your audience is going to see it that way as well, right? So mm -hmm. I'd encourage you at the, you know, strategic level that you're designing a, a full funnel strategy, but also at the uh, execution level for every webinar, think about the different touch points and the signals that you can generate when, you know, maybe one of your attendees click on a case study that you've made available, or maybe they've rep responded to a poll in a certain way, or maybe in that, in that end of webinar survey, you just simply ask, do you think we can help? Can I, can I yeah. offer you a, a free consultation? And, and you get these signals, right? And when it comes to, um, you know, how you then work with sales, I, I often think about, you know, I've got this image in my head of, you know, the American football where, you you know, you see uh, uh, players tipping over the, the Gatorade uh, tubs over a coach. And it's sort of like this effect where it's the same for marketing and sales. It's like, hey, sales, I've just, uh, I've just run a, a very successful webinar. Here's 500 leads that you have to go and work your way through. That is not effective. That is not effective. Oh, uh, you know, whilst your hot, engaged leads are in there waiting for a phone call, uh, they're cooling off. You've got a window to strike, and and what we what we always recommend is that you you lead your sales follow up off the back of these marketing activities, based on engagement and based on an engagement score or based on signals. Um, so you know we we built this idea of engagement led data uh, that informs our lead scoring model. Uh, so just because you run a webinar with 500 uh, attendees doesn't mean that 500 attendees were leaning in, listening to every word and engaged in a potential buyer for you. Um, you have to read into the engagement data and, and score them a, a, appropriately. So maybe 500 attended, but maybe only 25% of them showed a engagement score of you know five and above, and, and you can start to isolate them and prioritize those for your sales team. I think we have an obligation to our sales team to help them find the, the more engaged leads. I, I call it finding the needle in the haystack. And, and, and uh, salespeople aren't looking for, for more hay, they're, they're looking for more needles. So we need to find a way to uh, deliver those needles. 
Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more, right? Um, I, I especially love the analogy of pouring a Gatorade in over your sales team's head. So this may be controversial, right? But like, I believe that if you hand over a lease of webinar leads to your sales team for them to call up after a webinar, you are doing it wrong. And your sales reps will hate you for it. And it just kills all credibility that you have as a marketer, right? After a while, right? We, we have to be thoughtful about this. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and I, I think... Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the way that you can maybe prioritize them, I see a lot of people, uh, particularly with marketing automation and a lead scoring model, uh, they start to look at, you know, engagement-based metrics from a webinar and they prioritize those interactions or those scores to make sure that, you know, only the engaged leads are going through or maybe they've, you know, they've hit a, um, you know, a valuable, uh, you know, piece of content that's, you know, a, a, a good signal for you those sort of leads will go through and get scored higher than someone who just maybe sat there passively and, and didn't do much. Maybe they attended, but you know, they weren't asking questions, responding to polls. So I think that's mm -hmm. a really good way to filter out some of that stuff and um, mm -hmm. you know, do a, do a favor for your, your salesperson following up on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that, that has worked especially well for us as well. So basically it's having a, a compelling content offer that's relevant to the to webinar content, right? And then, you know, you lead with that first. So you ladder them up the, you know, the, the, the basically the interaction and engagement with your company. And then from there, you know, you, you can actually segment them and, you know, see who you want to convert into pipeline, right? So I guess, you know, we, we are, you know, kind of running out of time. So I would love to dive into the Q&A, right? I, I see some really good questions in there. Um, so, you know, I, I want to ask you one from Jacqueline, right? So Jacqueline, you know, she actually asked, how do you repurpose your on-demand content? Yeah, I I love that question. I think that's a rock-solid question because so many people come to us and say, do people actually watch uh, webinars on demand? And and the answer is yes, they do, particularly in this region. Uh, we have an enormous appetite for on-demand viewing and we... we uh, we watch, uh, you know, we, we watch, we're, we're in this now economy where, where people are, you know, are conditioned by services like Netflix and Grab and, um, you know, Uber Eats and these sort of services, right, um, that deliver instantly. And I think there's a huge market for on-demand. So we, in some cases, we even have uh, customers just producing to on-demand, just recordings. Uh, and and it's they're producing episodes in their favorite TV show and creating their own Netflix channel for their content, right? So uh, when it comes to uh, repurposing on demand, I think if you don't have an on-demand strategy for your webinars and finding ways to repurpose and find new eyeballs on your webinars, you're missing out on a ton of engagement. And I'm not just talking about sending an email after the event saying, hey, you missed it, here's, here's your, here's your um, recording link. Uh, that's that's very short-minded. You need to you need to think uh, you know longer longer term about your on-demand strategy and how you uh, maybe centralize your on-demand assets to um, you know almost create like a hub, like a Netflix channel or something similar for your brand and encourage new eyeballs to come. Um, you know, there's plenty of ways to repurpose and uh, uh, you know find new audiences, whether it's working with associations um, or other partners in your space to you know reuse the same content and present it in a different way with a different flavor. Uh, there's there's ways that you can um, you know cut them up into bite-sized pieces. I know Gabe was uh, kicking around some ideas around what we do with the content from this, and you know 
it, it's it's a it's a rule. It's it, there's it's a minefield. It, there's so much that you can extract from a webinar, little tidbits, video recordings, or um, you know white papers. What if what if you start to go, wow, these are these are great. You know, I just did this interview with this one of one of thought leaders. What if I took all those pieces and developed a guide or a white paper on how to stand out on webinars, as an example, right? Yeah. What about what about uh, you, you know social posts fueling your you know using some of these poll results to fuel um, you know social clips and say hey did you know in Asia Pacific the biggest challenge was driving registrations um, come and learn how we address this at this webinar so many different ways to use little micro bits of content within your webinar and bring bring them back into the recording uh, there's there's a number of tactics but uh, yeah I, I'm a big fan of getting creative chopping it up and finding a way to get new new eyeballs on your content. Perfect. I, I love it. And I couldn't agree more, right? So uh, at least from my point of view, I think the future, um, especially with COVID and everyone's just working from home, multitasking all the time, right? I think we are entered the scrolling economy. So basically people are just scrolling, right, on, on their newsfeed. And I, I think the maximum that you can buy anyone's attention for is really like seven seconds to 30 seconds, right? So, you know, what we're going to do after this webinar, which is really meta, right? Like I'm going to chop up some nuggets that you said into like seven seconds to 30 second pieces, right? And then put them on social, you know, and when people see that, right, there's a link to the full on-demand webinar, the 45 minutes webinar. And then after that, there'll be a content offer. So basically, you know, how do we ladder them up, right? To, to eventually, you know, engage with our brand. And I, I do think that that is the future of, you know, consuming my, I call them micro content, micro moments. Um, and I think that's going to be huge in the coming months ahead. Yeah, Absolutely. so let's grab um, another question from, from the audience, right? So I have this guy called Marco, you know, who actually said, hey, you know, we managed to drive a lot of attend uh, registrations, but attendance rate is low, 5%, 15%, right? So how should we be thinking about this, right? Should we be focusing more on the post-webinar experience, improve the in-webinar experience? Is this something even that we should be thinking about or worried about? Yeah, look, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a common question. Those Typically, I'd say, look, uh, if you're in the sort of 30 to 40% range, you're, you're with majority of, of webinar producers in terms of attendance rates. You can see that in, in our benchmark report, by the way. But uh, yeah, look, I think, you know, there's a number of tactics. I think the, the first, if, you, if you're not doing it, it's kind of a hygiene factor, but you have to get on the business calendar is number one. Like, so every opportunity you have in your reminder emails, your post um, sign up, uh, experience, you need to be putting that in their calendars because if you're leaning on them to just uh, attend and remember what they've signed up to and you know not getting those reminders or relying on email, it can be quite heavy. So you've got to, you know, you've got to have that, um, you know, I'm seeing some brands even use things like um, website uh, reminders, uh, you know, the social strategy as well, reminding when events about to start. There's a number of ways to lift that, but I'm going to, I'm going to revert back to what I was just talking about. Don't worry about your live attendance. Okay, it is it is important, and there's probably around fifty one percent that will always attend live, and it's that sort of idea of there'll be people that if I don't attend this, I'm going to miss out. But more and more, we're seeing this number change that on demand consumption is where where people are spending a lot of time, up to forty one minutes, in fact. So. Um, you, you've got to get the on-demand strategy right. And, and don't worry too much about the performance because you get a second bite at the cherry. 
don't worry. You can always drive more audience to that recording and provide a similar experience. So, you know, in today's event, if, if you miss it or you're attending on demand, one thing you'll notice is that it's exactly the same experience as live. You can still respond to the polls. You can ask your questions. And guess what? Those questions will come back to me and I'll get back to you. Don't worry. Um, it's all about replicating that live experience and, and trying to, you know, minimize that gap. But it's the preferred way of viewing. Almost the number one way of viewing these days is, is on demand. So, uh, you know, live is still tilting, but I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years we start to see on demand being the number one viewing source because it's people are busy. People are busy and there's a lot of competition and kind of catch up on the valuable webinar sessions when you've got the time. Perfect. Sounds good. So nice. I, I think we had some really fantastic questions from the audience today. You know, um, really interesting poll results. I think we are kind of at time. So, you know, I, I just want to wrap this session and, you know, I'll thank everyone for attending this webinar. You know, team, you have been great. You know, I, I, I felt that I learned so much, you know, from, from this session um, with you um, today, as always. So, you know, I guess, you know, as a next steps, right, um, for you guys, if you haven't already filled in your quiz questions, please fill them in so that we can send you a on 24 webinar t-shirt <laughs> right and um you know as well as this this if you enjoy this this um session right it's part of a ongoing sales wheel masterclass series where we actually interview the world's leading experts in marketing and demand generation right um so um the next session we had them tonight is with this guy called mike Volpe, who used to be the cmo of hubspot and we will be talking about how has inbound marketing changed in the last 13 weeks and 13 years. So if you are interested, sign up at saleswheel.com slash masterclass. Um, yeah, and you know, um, Tim, I, I wonder if you have any kind of parting words um, for, for the audience. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun today, Gabe. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me onto your show. And uh, yeah, I, I encourage you all to think about that experience. Don't forget about that element. Uh, uh, you know, you guys are the new TV producers of the world. Uh, think about producing content streams for your, for your brand. Think about how you can replicate that B2B Netflix approach and, and uh, you know, have fun with it. Be human, be real, and uh, keep producing awesome webinars, guys. Right. All right. Thanks, team. Thanks, guys. See ya. Take care.